With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, hockey world. It is Wednesday, July 2nd. Right? I'm right about that. Thursday, July 2nd. Hello, hockey world. It is Thursday, July 2nd. Can we stop? <laughs> like, John, you have no idea. You have John, no idea how many times he gets this wrong. This is standard operating procedure for Ack. It's like it's like it's a, it either he gets the day of the week or the day uh, wrong or the year sometimes. Does anyone know what day it is anymore? Anyway, does it really? Yes, matter? Thursday. It's Thursday. Okay, I got Thursday. January, July the twentieth. <laughs> July the twentieth. Well, you got me now. You got me thinking about years. July the second. July the second. I'm right Willow. I'm not going. It's Thursday, July. There you got it. All right. And I'm Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzz, guests on HockeyBuzz.com. And we are brought to you today by ourselves and you out there who host us and, and support us at Patreon.com slash hockey. And today we have our guest of honor, um, our favorite guest, John Shannon. Hey, John. You say that about every guy that comes on. I do. I do. Just you, Pete Weber, and Kevin Allen. Yeah, it's like, like Coolius on that damn radio thing. Friend of the show. Oh, yeah. it, it, nobody likes him. <laughs> I can't comment that because that guy, he is friend, 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 friend of the show. Friend I can't show. comment because I'm on that station and I go on his show. So I yeah, and, and he says, hey, Russ Cohen, friend of the show. And it just, it drives me batty. <laughs> and, and, and he, nobody has that many friends. And nobody. <laughs> I can't comment, but I, because I aspire to ever to be on the show someday. So no, I, you guys can't comment because you got no balls. Come on, right. <laughs> it's fine. Comment. That's true. We're all I, I, we're paid, or, or even worse, not paid to comment. Come on. I know, I know. I did that for I did that that station for a very very long time. A um, friend of the show. Excellent. I was a friend of the show. I'm no longer. I don't think I'm a friend of the show anymore. But I was a friend of the show. <laughs> I've lost the friend of the show status. But anyway, well, let's move. Let's move on because, um, John, are we going to see an all-Canadian host city? Is that what's happening? Is that what you think is going to happen? Well, it's, uh, well I, mean, is that, I mean, listen, if we had done this last Thursday, I was going to tell you it was Vancouver and Vegas. Right. Uh, but I do, think that, uh, I do think that we are Edmonton, Toronto, uh, and we're just waiting for all the other uh, dominoes to fall in the negotiations between the players uh, and, the, uh, and the league before we hear that it is Edmonton. Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. As of yesterday, uh, neither uh, team or city had been told definitively that they were the they were the uh, they were the sites, but it it certainly sounds like it. That's the way it is. No, John. I mean, it it sounded like Vegas was the was etched in stone up until the last seventy two hours. But the the funny thing is, is that. The spike in the U.S. was happening a week or two before that. So was it just the fact that, you know, they were starting to get scared that it, it was getting out of control and they realized that the rate of infection in Edmonton and Toronto has been pretty much under control for like a month? Uh, well, you, you know, we, we have done a better job in Canada really uh, with the pandemic. Yeah. That's not to say we can't screw it up, too, because <laughs> yeah. we can't. Uh, you know, everybody, please wear a mask. Mm -hmm. please, just wear a mask. 
Um, Absolutely. Uh, but I mean, Vegas was told. Vegas was told that uh, pending board approval on Monday, that right. they were going to be one of the two sites, and uh, something happened at the board meeting on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, that you know the biweekly thing that Gary has with the with the board of governors at yeah. three o'clock Eastern time, that changed everything. Um, and, uh, perhaps one day the story will come out what happened on the call, but, uh, that that's what happened. And then, and it, and it quickly reverted back to the statistical nature of, Hey, here's what's happening in Alberta. Here's what's happening with COVID. I mean, I think they're less than, uh, they're in single digits with, uh, uh, with patients in acute care. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, And, and they've done a phenomenal job in Alberta as they have in British Columbia. They really have. British yeah. Columbia is incredible. I mean, I mean, Vancouver is incredible. I mean, honestly, the, their numbers have been phenomenal. Um, I, I'm, I mean, I think it's great that, that it's 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 great that you know the NHL has Canada to go to. You know, where the other sports here might not have to go to as much. You know, um, that is a phenomenal thing because Canada has definitely stepped up in this situation. Um, I don't know. If, I, I wonder. I know you know Gary was brought in with um with. I don't want to get political, believe me, but he was brought in with Trump a little earlier. Um, you know, with a bunch of the other presidents and he talked to him and everything that I wonder how this is going to play in America. I do because I think, you know, this is like taking jobs or money out of America. But bottom line is you're just right. I mean, the players just they have to feel safer up there. You know? Well, I mean, hey, this you, you can talk about taking jobs out of America, but yeah, 65 percent of the revenues from the National Hockey League still come from Canada. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's uh, we're, as far as the hockey world is, we're all on the same side. Yeah, and, and 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 as far as uh, you know, I don't think Gary had any choice but to uh, be part of those conversations with the, with the president early on. Because yeah. if he wasn't part of those conversations, we would have all been squawking. Is why is hockey being ignored? Exactly. exactly. So he need, he needed to be part of those. No, now, he, speaking he speaking of hockey being ignored, I kind of worry that in the U.S. here now that we think it's going to be two Canadian hub cities that more teams are going to go to the model for broadcasting that Carolina did last year when they made John Forslund do radio on TV. And now John Forslund looks like he's out, which is terrible. Um, what do you think about that? Because I think you do lose some interest in the fan base when you do that, especially when, let's be let's face it, TV doesn't sound great on the radio. And I kind of wonder, I think some radio markets are going to go dead in this. Uh Perhaps. I mean, you know, nobody, as I understand it, nobody, no announcers are going to be in any buildings. Right. Um, so everybody's going to be calling it off tube somehow, some way, even if there is radio. Uh, some teams will not want to protect their radio broadcasters. The, the only thing, Russ, I would say is, hey, listen, let, let's just let's let's get the games on. Let's get through it. Let's hold our breath. Yeah, uh, until yeah. we we get back to the real National Hockey League with with people in the seats. That's fair. Uh, anything anything right now is a bonus. Anything is a bonus. So let's let's just enjoy it for what it is and and commend everybody uh, who has tried to to put uh, put the game back on ice. And that's that's really I mean it, this should be a, a a huge sigh of relief and a celebration as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, oh, I agree. And, and let's let's in that in that vein, let's not talk about viruses anymore. Let's talk about hockey. Um, well, and, and I want to get into it because I think that it's I think that people out there you're telling us more and more and more that they don't want to talk about you know home, home cities and stuff like that. They want to talk about hockey. So we have yesterday should have been Canada Day. Oh, it was Canada Day. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Canada Day. Yeah, believe it or not, believe it or not, 
it still was Canada Day without free agency. I understand. Even without free agency, we still we still have a country here. We still and, celebrated. And Pierre Lebrun was free to take take a picture of his glass of wine on his deck at his cottage. And I am sure he was very happy to not be in the TSN studios or everybody else in the Sportsnet studios. But <laughs> John, I think that the, the sort of the story that's a little buried here and it's yet to be determined is the CBA negotiations and the, the agreement that could be in place. And I think that's almost I think that's just as important as getting this season done, because that's, you know, sort of guaranteeing the long term health, at least for the next four or five years of the league. I mean, there's going to be things given up on both sides, you know. Uh, cap of, of escrow cap of the salary cap, but I think it's necessary for the, for the sport to thrive over the next few years to get that CBA done. I'd rather talk about the pandemic. I think when I was here the last time I, I said, you know, I, I spent enough nights on streets outside of NHL offices. I thought I was an actuary for a while. Oh, and then I thought I was a lawyer for a while. And then That's I've gone fantastic. through being a doctor. I'd, I'd, I'd rather be a doctor. You, know, I mean, I, I, you don't I, have I, a good bedside manner. I don't think you could be a doctor. I, I mean, I owe a lot. Well, I owe then, Russ, I'd be a surgeon. Okay, just cut them open and let's go. I mean, okay. I've spent enough time. I've spent enough time in hospitals recently, John. I would yeah. not want to be a doctor whatsoever. Well, I, I'm just saying. I, listen, it, it, we we. It's unfortunate that we seem to never be able to talk about who's on left wing anymore. Right. So 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 the the the. You're right, uh, Michael. The 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 concept of having, at least. Uh, you know, five, perhaps six more years of labor peace. Right. Because uh, the next two years, had they not, and they, I, you know, I mean, the players still have to vote on it. The board will vote on it. The board will do anything Gary wants them to. Um, exactly. But, but, the, the, but if the players do vote, you know, 50, 50.1% for it, right. uh, we, we do have six years or five years and maybe six of, of harmony, which would really be a nice thing. And we don't have to talk about it and we can have all these players association and league grievances uh, on the back page that we don't ever hear about. Uh, that's, that, that's really what's going to be nice. And, and in many ways, what, you know, the, the lack of business, the loss of, of a billion two in revenues this year, um, did force this. Uh, it, did. It, it did, and the pandemic did force both sides to reevaluate where they are and where and the health of the game. Uh, and uh, perhaps it'll, it will give us a little bit more harmony for a while. Now, yeah. I, I know that the television presentation of this 2014 playoff is going to be extremely important. Obviously, you know the the NHL. 2014. What year are you in? We can't. I can't the debate. Are you in 2014? What, what what planet are you guys on? I'm the only one here today. That's what it okay. seems like. 24 teams. Um, 24 oh. teams. I got you. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's um, not what he said. He's he's backtracking now. I mean, I'm covering. I'm covering. <laughs> but but the the interesting thing is, and this is sort of in, inside stuff, is how like scheduling wise, this is going to work because obviously now we, if, if the hub cities are truly Toronto and Edmonton, you have one team in the Eastern time zone, one team in the mountain time zone, I believe. Right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so you're going to have a, a time difference of a couple hours. I would assume it's going to be, you know, two games in each location. Oh, no. okay. I, I, I think what you're going to have is you're going to have the play in tournaments going to take nine days. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's going to be up to five games a day. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're going to, you, you could, and really one of the driving forces of having Toronto in was they want to start at noon Eastern time and yeah. they were going to start at noon Eastern time, no matter what. Right. So yeah. that meant they were in Vegas or in, uh, in Edmonton or Vancouver. That means there was going to be a nine o'clock or a 10 yeah. o'clock local time game. So that, that's what they're trying to do. So they're going to, it's going to be uh, as close in the hockey world as March Madness was, you know, yeah. we're going to, we're going to see a staggered start and they're going to, whether it's two hour windows or two and a half hour windows. Uh, and then they, they're going to have to figure out uh, if we get to this point, is where does the round Robin game fit in to the, as opposed to the best three out of five, because yeah. it becomes the cushion as far as time, if the games right. go to overtime. And it's, it, it has to be, at an NHL arena, they can't play at Coca-Cola Coliseum or at the Madame. Uh, it's well, got. It, it, it has to be. There's yeah. only two venues. There's right. only two venues. It's not two cities. It's two venues. It's Scotiabank yeah. Bank Arena and and Rogers Place. And the other the other question I had, and then I'll let Eck uh, talk about free agency. Um, part of this agreement apparently is going back to the Olympics. Uh, you know, barring any you know, flubs with the NHL and the IOC, which we know will probably come up. Uh, I've like, I understand the national fervor for wanting to go to the Olympics, but as, as a fan of the game and a fan of the NHL, I've never grasped the idea of interrupting an NHL season and taking time out in the middle of February for two weeks um, I, I've never liked that. I th it's risky to teams in terms of their best players going over and playing an international tournament in the middle of the year. But I, I do understand that people want it. I mean, where, where do you fall on that, John? Because, I mean, I, there are some people who don't want players going to the Olympics, and there are a lot of other people who do. Uh, a couple of things. Well, first of all, this whole Olympic break, all-star break, you know, we, we've actually seen it come to fruition even without the Olympics because of the five days. You know, yeah. we've seen we've seen teams, yeah. um, and and really it, the derivation of that was the fact that there was, other than the 150 guys that were at the Olympics, everybody else got a two week layoff. Right, right, right. So, so that so we have seen these breaks become part of the schedule anyway, Michael. So I, I, you know, listen, I, I've been lucky enough. I've been part of Olympics with and without um, the NHL players. Uh, we I've been there in person a few times. They are they are spectacular. They really are. Uh, but let's not, you know, let's not really uh, boast about it. It doesn't help sell the game. Right. Yep. It doesn't. Yeah, we talked it, about it, that the other night. I think it, it does it, down it, here. I think it does down here. I mean, I, it doesn't. Really, really, really. I'll tell you why. Honestly, John, I'll tell you why. I there mean, like, the last, last Olympics goes on, you know, and I'm walking around outside, you know, and I see people, you know, people all know I work in hockey, but, you know, it's Philadelphia. Most people are Eagles fans here. And, um, you know, they, I walk around and they're like, who's this TJ Oshie guy? You know, like they actually, like, what team is he on? You know, there's something, I mean, there there is something to the Olympics in America, at least, that is different, that brings hockey to a forefront. I'll tell and, you and, what, I tell you what, I, I, I'll, I'll go and get every every rating before game, before uh, uh, these types of things, it, it doesn't make a difference. And John? It hasn't helped. Okay. It a hasn't couple, helped. A couple uh, the, 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 only, the only thing that will help it is if when they do do the deal with the IOC, not with the Federation, with the right. IOC, they are able to use the footage. They are able right, right. to have, have access in the yeah, bowl for their own. And you know what? It won't happen. Yeah. No, the IOC happen. won't give it up. Yep. Nope. So it, it is the same message that we started with. I mean, Gary was with us in Lillehammer 
uh, we, we for that was the the Peter Forsberg overtime or yeah. a shootout goal. Mm-hmm. Gary was there, and he was started building the building blocks of of getting the players to the Olympics. But he hit the same roadblock as the IOC is the IOC, and as as long as they still exist in their bubble, and the they do things the way they want to do. We are not going to get very much growth out of the NHL going to the Olympics. It's going to be great for the hardcore hockey fan. It's going to be fun to watch. But don't, let's not go and say, well, it's going to sell the game or we're going to be much bigger. We, it's not. A couple, right. not. A couple yeah. weeks ago, we had Kevin Allen, Kevin Allen on the show, and he was talking about how somebody that he had run into was wondering about Ryan Miller in 2010 because Ryan Miller was the star for Team USA. And if you don't didn't know who the hell Ryan Miller was after he went to two conference finals in 06 and 07 with the Sabres, then you're you're not aware of of, of the sport yeah. scene. I, 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 just, I don't agree, guys. I just don't agree. I mean, I, the, 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 the real, I mean, I don't. I just. I'm, it, I know. No, well, I mean, I'm telling you that. Like if, if you buy a jersey, the money goes to the IOC. I the get money the money. I get the money and all that. The NHL. I get the money and all that, but I'm I'm telling I'm you, I'm not worried about the money. No, I'm, I'm not, not worried about, I'm not worried about the money. money I'm talking but, about. I, but what I what I am worried about is is going to Little Rock, Arkansas, or going to uh, you know Pocatello, Idaho, uh, or going you know into Santa Fe, New Mexico, and having people that watch Olympics and love figure skating and watch the downhill turn into hockey fans. Yeah, that's and you know I'm... what, that hasn't happened. It hasn't happened, and because the heart, the, the hockey fans will watch. It's we have to try to bring in other people. Right, and we have the we have we have the greatest regional hockey or sports fans in North America in the United States. Yep, and the and the great the greatest event in U.S. hockey history, the Miracle on Ice, which was forty years ago, it blew up hockey in areas that were already hockey areas: Minnesota, Mm -hmm. Wisconsin, Massachusetts. I don't know. It didn't. It's so hard, guys, to scientifically work out like why there's a why hockey works in places like nashville or dallas right like when you sit back and you go like dallas has the second leading attendance in the nhl right now i mean they've done it the right way they've built great youth hockey programs there they have the whole thing going on and therefore the youth hockey guys who don't turn into pros because no one like john said are you going to open up a rink in new mexico and expect it to thrive no but i I, but i'm not even worried about i'm not even worried about opening up rinks i know Uh, i'm just saying because not every because because most fans in both countries, I know this is hard to believe. Most fans in both countries don't play the game. Right. They don't. Right. They watch the game, but they don't play the game. Right. They don't. And, and so, you know, that I, I, you know, I mean, I, having been through it on both sides, I, I, I mean, I love going to the Olympics. I love watching the NHL yeah. players. But let's let's not hang our hats on this. This is going to be a, a game changer because it isn't going to be a game changer. Well, I, it's it's. A, I mean, the Miracle on Ice, I think, was a game changer. Um, and for who? For 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 the U.S. for USA hockey in general. I mean, I think there's no question. I think '96 was much more impactful. I think '96 was impactful too. And yeah, the World Cup of Hockey, the the, the World Cup of Hockey that won the one incredible series with Mike Richter. That was a game. There were certain things down here that got a lot of attention, yeah. and um, as did the Oshi thing. You know, in right, but. What and happened? As, you know, I was in Vancouver too, and I was I was I was at that you know at the at the gold medal game, and uh, you know. The, the, it's, Canada is just different. There's no two ways about it. It's, it's when you're there. See, because what we don't have here is we don't have the casual hockey fans, like you're saying. Like, you know, if you ask people their favorite sports, John, it's always like, you know, hockey is either number one in the U.S. or it's number five, you know, or number four. 
There's no one who's going to say hockey's number two or number three. I like baseball, then hockey, then football, then basketball. No, they're either going to like hockey or they're going to like, or hockey's going to be off the list. You guys in Canada have a you know much more casual fan base. Uh, everybody's a fan, but you even have casual fan base to the point where you know I watch a lot of TSN and Sportsnet up there, um, and from my own from my own satellite here here. And every commercial has hockey in it. Like all the cartoons for kids have hockey in it. It's just com Canada is completely different. Obviously, that's that actually that in many ways that, that's relatively new. Is it? Yeah, it, it is. It is, and that's because it, 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 here here's the other thing. I, and this yeah. is putting my other hat on for years. Is that you know? So hockey night in Canada, um, you know, on a good night will draw two million people on a Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Well, there's 35 million people in our country. What are the other 33 doing? If we're, if we're supposed to be the home of hockey, you know what? Not everybody likes hockey here. Yeah. Well, you know, and, 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 and you, you trying to sell it, trying to, trying to broaden the base, trying to broaden the base. Uh, the, the Olympics won't hurt. There's no question about that. I can't argue with you there, but it is not going to be a great differentiator. It's not. And I think we should just enjoy the event for what it is. It's best on best. So do you, think, do you think, for example, do you, do you think that, you know, the success in Nashville, success in Tampa, success in, you know, Dallas, obviously, success in San Jose. Um, L.A. is a hockey town and has been a hockey town since 67. But all these, all these, oh, it, well, oh, come on. It feels like, you know, you know, you know, you know, what's, you know, what's made it work in all those cities? Winning. Yeah. yeah. Winning. Yeah. Those local teams winning. That's yeah. what sold the no game. Question. Uh, 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 listen, I, I, I went to the fabulous forum, the Great Western Forum, whatever forum yeah. you want to call it, long before there was a Staples Center. And I used to walk in on a, a Wednesday night to do a game with, with 8,200 of my best friends. No, you're right. I mean, in the Cap, I mean, you know remember I mean? the cap Center, remember the Cap Center before? Yeah. before Chicago before. is the best example. Yeah. Here's, here's some great numbers. Winning. Yeah, winning, winning, winning does no, no question. Winning is, is people want to be around the winner. They want to be associated with them or they want to wear it jerseys. Is the great, it, is the, it is the great deodorant winning. Is so, the so Eck, in, in 1980, 34.2 million people watched the final. That was the biggest audience ever in the U.S. for hockey. Even in 2010, they didn't match that. Even in 2010. Yeah. It's funny because in 1980, you really couldn't even. Well, yeah, that, that game was on tape delay down here. But it too. doesn't matter. It was 34.2 million. <laughs> um, still watched it. No, I know. And listen, and and I'm not well, saying that was a five-channel universe, Russ. Though it was sure. a five no, no, no. It was five, be that's very true. And that's and what I'm saying, but even 2010 was within five million of that. Now we're know, that was a nationalistic thing. We all know Russia versus the last the Olympic was 4.9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And John, of course, nine. John, of course, I had to rely on Canadian TV to watch U.S. versus the Soviets live because I watched it on CTV because we, we got it. In, in and, and, the, and the problem is? <laughs> no, no, no. No problem. I mean, no. the problem is if you're geeky, we don't get it on my antenna down here. No, but Eck, my basic point is now with all with everything we're talking about, you're never going to hit the 20s anymore. But you don't think that the, this this cumulative effect of all these things hasn't made hockey in the South something? I mean, I, I, I mean, I was really? I, really? Let's talk for yeah. Fort Lauderdale and Fort it's Lauderdale. Pockets. It's pockets. I mean, right. okay. we've got we've got a young group of players that, that but it has it starts as pockets. But Dallas is not a pocket anymore. But Dallas Florida has been around. The Florida Panthers have been around forever. We have a young we have a young group of players that have come from the St. Louis area. The Kachuks, yeah. Joe Wall, Leaf Prospect, a few a few others. Yeah, was, the Blues but, have been there for fifty three years. But, but there, there, there's a real reason for that too. Is that players, after they retire, stay. 
and, and players become the driving force of minor hockey in St. Yeah. Louis. Correct. Yeah. And that's you happened know? in other places too. And that, and that, that is, I mean, it's just like my, my daughter, my daughter's plays youth soccer down here. Right. And the best, the best coaches in youth soccer in America are all, you know, if you have an English accent, you can get hired by any club down here to coach. They, they just think you're right. automatically better. And it's like, you know, and the same thing with that, like we grew, I grew up, you know, playing hockey, but a lot of dads out here grew up playing baseball. They couldn't coach a hockey game if they wanted to, you know, there's no way they could coach a hockey game. So until we get the players, when the players, more players coaching, like I have a friend who's, whose kid is in a, on a 13 year old team out of San Jose. They're traveling all over the world hockey team and their coaches are Nabokov <laughs> and, um, and, and, and some, and Mike, one of the, Ricci, right? Is it Mike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. you know, and they're coaching yeah. this youth team and this team goes everywhere. I mean, he has more frequent flyer miles than I have this kid. You know, like, when are the Arizona Coyotes going to draw? The answer is never. Everybody can make the excuses going back to like the Ronick days. Well, it's when they changed this arena and this and this happened and this and then now it's too far. And this every time the Arizona Coyotes change an arena or something changes, they still don't draw fans. Well, I, I actually, Russ, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit you there I, I, because I think and, and there's two cities that I think deserve a ton of credit for trying to keep hockey alive. Uh, Buffalo is one of them. Yeah. With with what is going on in Buffalo, the fact that fans show up to me is absolutely phenomenal, yeah. and they should be commended every moment of every day for being a Saber fan. Yeah. And in and in Arizona, I think the hardcore fan. I mean, they're just. I mean, look at how many times they haven't been in the playoffs. I, I mean, I it, it. winning, 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 winning. I mean, that's the, that is. If, yeah. if you're if you're to yeah. start, I mean, look, Vegas. If Vegas didn't do what they did. Even in their first eight games, where they went seven and one, yeah, we would not be talking about how phenomenal a franchise Vegas. Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. winning. That's yeah. your marketing. Marketing is the key. Marketing one hundred and one. Win games. And, yeah. and, and John, after nine years of not making the playoffs, the fans in Buffalo have started not to show up. So it you know it took them a while, but oh. I, I think you know I mean this is- unfortunately they've got the bug though, Mike. They're never once you get the bug, you're stuck. Yeah, and that, that's it. I mean, and and you know they they and they they've drunk the Kool Aid. Yeah, of they've drunk the Kool Aid of a we're one player is going to make us different. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I do think they have a great foundation in Buffalo. I do yes. think they have some some guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of their issues are away from what those guys putting skates on that's for sure yeah right no, that's for sure well john i, I know we gotta let you go but thank you so much for coming on why oh well I, I nope, told stay you. On. let's talk free agents love you to stay on if you can if you okay. can we can keep well, I, I was gonna do, i have to arrange a drawer for my wife so i mean well, I, then, sure. I might as well stay and talk to you guys for another well then years. for god's sake yeah tell them we were forced to stay all right we forced you all right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um let's uh let's bring in jan too jan levine who's also yeah, he's just gonna okay. move his camera to the also john what i wanted i wanted to talk about hockey players all right so number one ufa coming up as as you know as we get into it. i'm right now i'm in the middle of my top 10 top 20 ufa list you know because i want i feel like it's kind of day and i have to that's the law so um so, I mean, I've, you know, there's a big discussion about um, Peter Angelo versus Taylor Hall being like the number one UFA on this list to us. Um, where do you, where do you stand in this? Uh, I, I, I think Petrangelo, I mean, if Petrangelo does get to free agency, which by the way, it looks like it's going to be November 1st. Right. Um, That's good. Uh, um, if, if Petrangelo does get to free agency, and I'll be shocked if he does, I'll be shocked yeah, if he does. Yeah, me too. Then I mean, I, my answer has been for the last six months, Taylor Hall anyway. Yeah. So, so to, to me, if, if, if uh, t- with Taylor Hall being available, I think somebody 
who thinks that oh, they're they're that one power forward away from being a contender. Uh, yeah. Calgary, yeah. Uh, Montreal, uh, yeah. those are the two teams I think I would look at. Uh, I would look at, uh, at at Taylor Hall, and I and I think Hall would welcome coming. Not that I think he's enjoyed himself in Arizona. I think well, he would welcome coming back to Canada. He's one of those kids because yeah. he played at Edmonton. He's not afraid of coming to Canada. Yeah, he seems a lot. I mean, I've heard, I've heard. It feels like to me, I've written about this too. Just this, this John Tavares thing with Toronto, with him with Calgary. It feels like a normal type of. Uh, feel to him and it's a great it's a fit for calgary too although you know they have to do, then do something with johnny goudreau perhaps because of this why cap, because of the salary cap situation they're saying do you not think so no i think brad can make it work i think brad you know and, and i, I think brad will be able to fix it brad will be able to fix it i mean well, you know they're they they have they have some guys in the blue line they can move you know i mean if, if they have to move anybody you know, but if they, if Taylor, you know, the, 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 the biggest issue for me with what Calgary is, is that as, as, as good as they appear to be and on paper, they look fantastic. Yeah. Is that they can get, they get pushed around in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, well, they get John, pushed around in the playoffs and can Taylor Hall be that difference maker if he's healthy by the playoffs? John, yeah. let me just ask you about Peter Angelo because we talked about him yesterday. Petrangelo, you guys. Alex, right. hey, I'm, I'm a, a Dago, so I can say it any way I want. Um, here. No, but you okay. But, but the thing Petrangelo, is, Petrangelo, please. Um, I, I agree that he could stay in St. Louis if they pay him the money, but it just seems that Doug Armstrong has made a series of moves that I think ensures that they can survive if he leaves by, you know, trading for Justin Falk and signing him and, tra and trading and signing Scandella. I, I don't know whether, where they open up the money unless they buy out like a, an Alex Steen or they trade a Jaden Schwartz. I don't know how they create the room in a, in a flat cap scenario. Well, I mean, I, and I think one of the reasons why it hasn't happened is because Doug has been waiting for, to figure out really what the cap is. Right. And we're going to have a better indication in the next 72 hours even now what that cap is for next season yeah. so it does look like it's good i mean we all you know we're led to believe it was going to be flat it does look like it's going to be flat uh so that's that's a good thing and i i i think the great thing about being a stanley cup champion and and having uh, a bit of pedigree on your team is you can now move players and people in your market will buy into it so i mean i don't think there's any untouchables when you talk about moving players in st louis in order to keep Petrangelo. Yeah. I don't think there's any untouchables. The other big question I have is we have a- I can think of 91 reasons there are no untouchables in St. Louis. <laughs> 91 reasons? Yeah. Do you know yeah. who- I'm No, just, what, I'm what trying, are you to be, trying to be subtle. You forgot who wears 91 in St. Louis? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got you it. don't even know what day it is. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't. Nice, nice. I like that. You Canadian. Mike doesn't know what year it is, so there we go. Watch the Groundhog Day podcast. Tell me about my American sport fans. Um, I want to know about goalies um, because the, the, to me, like free agent goalies are the, one of the more interesting things we have going on. And we have, you know, a few teams out there, like, you know, San Jose could sure use a goalie. Calgary, like you talked about, and they could maybe use a goalie. Um, Chicago, where they're going to, you know, so you have Robin Leonard, you got Markstrom, and you have um, Braden Holtby out there. So three three UFA goalies, all pretty significant. Um, do you see, where do you see them possibly landing? Do you see, how do you see that playing out? Well, I mean, I think Leonard could move uh, again, which is unfortunate. But I, I mean, I, I think that uh, what Kelly and George are trying to do in Vegas is, and I think they've had, they've, they've gone through a learning curve too about how much fun it was when you didn't overpay anybody and you didn't have any jealousy in the room. And life was good for the first year, and now they started to have to pay guys. I think they're going to try to revert to that. 
Right. So I would suggest that the, you know they're going to have a one and a they're going to have a one and a two as opposed to a one and a one A yeah, in Vegas yeah. and gold. So yeah. to me, Leonard's the obvious one, and I think Robin Leonard will be a, a a really good asset for anybody, whether it's San Jose, whether for for anybody in the NHL. And I think that's that's that where where it works. I just I cannot see Braden Holpe moving. I'm sorry. I, I just can't. I, I don't know. I, uh, it's a tough one. I talked to a beat writer from Chicago. I talked to a beat writer from Washington yesterday, and she said to me, she's like, yeah. Um, I said, who's going to be the goalie, Samsonov or, or, or you know, or Hopi in the playoffs? She's like, it's going to be Hopi for sure. Yeah. And I said, but you're still, not, you're still not guaranteeing that, you know, you're going to keep him on, right? Because, uh, and he's like, well, it depends on what he wants. That's what she was saying. That's what they were, they, were, they were hearing. But, you know, I agree. I mean, if he has a good playoff here, too, that really makes it even more complicated, right? Like, if he has a good run. Yeah, well, but are you going to push Samsonov off for three more years? Yeah. Like, are you going to do that? Well, I think if he has a good Grubauer, right? I mean, yeah. Grubauer would be the guy who passed the line, and then he started the playoffs, and Holpe is the one that led him. So I, I think if Holpe has a great playoff, yeah. that the game even guarantees him leaving as even more because he can make money on in free agency that yeah. he won't yeah. make in, in Washington. So, John, let me introduce you to Jan Levine and Anthony as well. And uh, Jan has a Jan's going to give it. Jan has a question for John. Go ahead, Jan. So, John, my question is, is more so broader than just individual free agencies. You guys are talking CBA, and these guys have probably got tired of hearing me, but a little surprised about the lack of an amnesty buyout as part of the negotiations. I mean, with the flat yeah. cap, we talk about free agencies. I mean, how are they going to start fitting all these guys in? Or are we looking at a cast system where you have the high and the low and nothing in the middle, and that's going to squeeze guys out? Well, you, you Listen, what we've talked about for the longest time is – uh, any CBA in the, that's been signed in the last decade is the end of the middle class, and yeah. we're we're working towards yeah. the end of the middle class. True, and that's, that's just that's just the reality. I, you know, I'm, there's there's one thing that you need for amnesty buyouts, cash. Yeah, no one has cash. Yeah, right. No one has cash. I mean, you you go talk to teams right now, and they say, how is how's it going? We're just getting by. I mean, yeah. everybody's saying, well, they're owned by billionaires. Billionaires stay rich for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And and so they these these companies, these individual companies, all 31 of them, are they're scraping through right now. Uh, and yeah. and they're prepared to sacrifice a few things to get back on the ice. Nobody is spending money and no one will be will be doing an amnesty buyout without knowing next year are are we selling tickets or not? Yeah. So it, it, I mean I can say it was a it was a non-starter from the beginning from the owner's side. Right for these amnesty yeah. buyouts, they, there's just no way that people were going to write checks when yeah. there's not there's not much cash flow. Right, uh, man, interesting. Anthony, what do you, what do you have? John, I wanted to get your perspective, just for you know, from the outside in terms of looking at the uh, at the Philadelphia Flyers in terms of how they're currently set up in terms of this current playoff structure, and where do you where do you see things going forward for them in terms of uh, in the next upcoming, especially the expansion draft coming up. In the expansion. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if it's not the CBA, it's the expansion draft. I mean, we always worry every three years we worry about expansion draft. Um, <laughs> but you know, first of all, I, I, I I've known Chuck since he was nine years old. You know, I lived in Calgary. I was a producer yeah. for the Flames. Chuck and, and his sister Christy and and Cliff and his wife moved to Calgary in in, in September of 1980. So I, I have a bias to guys like Chuck who are, <laughs> who have treated me well and yeah, and we're friends. Um, you, you know, their, their biggest challenge for me is how, how to keep Carter Hart happy. Yeah. You know, he's, he did change agents for a reason. He did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think that the long term, and if Hart's the answer, 
uh, then they're, you know, are they going to have to, out of his entry level deal, are they going to, are they going to give him that big ticket early? Remember, Jordan Bennington didn't get the big ticket early coming out right, of even right. the second time around after winning the Stanley Cup, but Carter Hart might have to. Yeah. Uh, you know, to me, their their defense with you know I, I, Provorov, Sandheim, to me are the the two linchpins there. I think that they're they're in pretty good shape back there. Yeah. And and to me, the MVP of the team has always been Sean Couturier. <laughs> Long before you know, you could talk about Voracek, you could talk about Giroux. Sean Couturier is the man, as yes. far as I'm concerned. Yep. There, every time, every game, no matter what, if you can keep him happy, you can keep him healthy. Then this team's on the right track, and and they've drafted well in the last couple of years. They really yeah. have. So I, I I think they're I think they're in pretty good shape. And I think Aline Vigneault, you got a really good sense of what kind of coach Vigneault was last season, and did a pretty good job under under trying circumstances. Goss Despair, to me, is one of those question marks. Yeah. What, what, I mean, will he learn how to play defense finally? You know, I mean, he, yeah. he's better, and he can shoot the puck, which got him into the NHL. But you know what? When it comes to where the future on the blue line is, I'm not sure where Shane Goss Despair fits. Yeah, no, it's fair. John, um, we – just talking about the Florida. See, Panthers. I didn't use any of Russ's buzzwords. You know, good hands. Uh, you know, active. <laughs> you know, I listen to that show he does. I rotate my buzzwords, John. Oh, no. Just so you know, we we brought, we're, we're going to drop down, drop down the hockey sense for everybody oh, in a few minutes. Good. That's coming. I think we need those right. Head, head, head on a you know pivot. head on a swivel. Yeah. On, oh yeah. We need to hear the Who theme music too. Oh, we need to hear uh, quick, you know long term panic level also is probably another you good and, one. Also. You and Malloy drive me nuts all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> but my question for you is with the Florida Panthers, with Mike Hoffman and Evgeny Dadunov possibly going to free agency, are they going to let both of them walk? Like they have some prospects, don't get me wrong, but I don't think they could afford to let both of these guys walk and still be a contending team. Actually, I, I under, it's a great question, but what is going on in Florida? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What is going on in Florida? I mean, I mean, how can Sergei Bobrovsky have that bad a season? Right. Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure ownership there is tremendously frustrated yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with what's gone on and, and how this team hasn't made that next step. Um, my argument would be, well, these guys were given a chance. Both Dad and Hoff and Hoffman were given a chance to play on this better team with a better coach. And they haven't performed. So, what what do they have to lose by keeping them, or not keeping them? You yeah. know, I mean, where are they? And rebuilds an awful word, and I'm not suggesting they are because they do. You know, I think Dale. I think Dale's asset as a but manager is, is he's got Quenville a great, gonna great want eye. Right, but is Quenville going to want to rebuild? That's the issue. Hey, remember yeah. he gets. Look at the check he gets every. Yeah, day. he's okay. All right, he's okay. I was gonna, that was my. I, I'm just compensated well for it. They're they're just to me. They are such an enigma. Yeah. They are. Uh, maybe maybe the biggest one in the game. Yeah. Is you look at them and you look at at, at Barkov and you look at Ekblad and you look and, and you do look at the goaltending. Yeah. And, and I mean and, and Dale drafted another goalie in night and, yeah. and 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 why aren't they better? Why yeah. aren't they better? That, to me, is the bigger question. It really John, it, would, it wouldn't be a complete show if I didn't go down the Maple Leaf uh, rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> no, this, this is the thing. If there's one team, and I think there are more, there's more than one team that will be adversely affected by a flat cap for the 
for the first two years of the potential CBA. It's going to be Toronto because I think Kyle Dubas was depending on the cap going up significantly uh, because he's spending almost 40 million bucks on four forwards. And I've been of the assertion because now you've got Zach Hyman coming up after next year, Morgan Riley coming up uh, in two years, and Frederick Anderson coming up after next year, that they're going to have to probably move uh, a significant salary. And I don't think a Caspery Kapanen at $3.4 million is significant. I think they probably are going to have to move a William Neander or Mitch Marner over the next year or so to be able to keep a core group or keep a support group around their core group. I don't know how they, they make it work if they don't do that. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I mean, I think Kyle has really in many ways, I think, I think Kyle has made his bed with the four guys that he signed for that, you know, that, that big chuck and change. Yeah. And he's going to do everything to keep them. And he's, he's going to try to work his magic. I, I mean, I think you talked about Kapanen and, and Janssen. They, they took huge discounts to stay with the Maple Leafs. Yes. You know, I think Zach Hyman, who is a local kid, I think he'll take a discount to stay with the Maple Leafs. Um, and I, and who, who, who really knows? But to, to me, where Kyle's challenge is going to be is the one place where they think that they're still a little uh, suspect is on the blue line. Yeah. And and so the question then becomes, and you mentioned, is, is Morgan Riley going to be worth that kind of money? And the answer probably is no, yeah. he won't be. Yeah. And and if you if you said, okay, well, we're not going to re-sign him so that we can keep the other guys, I think that's probably as logical at this point. It's all speculative, but that's as logical sure. as it would go. That The blue line to me is where the Maple Leafs need to get better. Yeah, but they don't need to spend more. So they're not going to hand out another FNUF contract. Is that what you're saying, John, at the wrong time? Well, you know, I, you know, I'm a Dion fan. I like, I like Dion. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm, I was happy that Dion got that new deal. That was all, that was, you know, that was for that darn uh, uh, HBO show though. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sign it in the morning of the sign it on the morning of the big game and we'll be good. Yeah, the winter classic. But then they traded somebody during the winter classic. He warmed up and then he didn't even play. <laughs> Russ can't get paid. Russ must be a member of the John Michael Lyles fan club. I am because Ooh. like who warms Ooh. up at the winter classic and then gets traded? <laughs> hey, they got Tim Gleason, so that's right. Oh yeah, that's so true. <laughs> um, wow, wow, wow. Well, now, John, we definitely will let you go now. Okay. I appreciate, it. appreciate it so much for you coming on, and um, we'll, we want to have you on as much as possible. So whenever you're free, let us know. We'll 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 touch base with you again. And thank you so much. I want to apologize to Anthony and Jane for taking their time. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> my apologies. Not at all. We, we, the other three guys. I yeah, apologize for that. We didn't take any of their time. No, yeah, he's correcting the pronunciation of Paisans. What is going on here? I just enjoyed the Shane Malloy commentary. I just sit back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. He's got great vision, good hand. You know, it's, he does. It's, it's, there you go. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Crazy Canadian John Shannon up there. Um, Sorry. Uh, you think about Florida, right? What yeah. that controversial goal may have changed history for that team against the Islanders. Yeah, back to where mm. they were in that series. Oh, you're yeah. so right. And you're that so goal right. itself, that goal gets doesn't count. So you know, so count, that whole series is turned on its ear, and history may be different. You know, Jan, it's like that you say that is so interesting. There's a book I've always wanted to write, like, and I, and I have I have taken notes on this over the years. There's two there's two things I've taken notes on since I was like 10 years old about hockey. It's really funny. I have a notebook upstairs, like 10 year old me writing. The first thing I took notes on was anytime a hockey reference appeared in anything 
else but hockey, I would write it down. So if like if if someone is wearing a hockey shirt on Cheers, or if someone was doing this, I would I would write down this, and I always wrote down every hockey reference that I saw in any mainstream thing or anywhere you know on television. The other thing, and I it's really and, and it's amazing how like if when you look at like the few things that were said back in like the eighties versus now, where you know I still do it. I still have a notebook. I still write it down. Um, I, honestly, you know, you know, my one of like I've always been a hockey fan back yeah. when I was four years old. But when I saw like musicians that I like yeah. wearing hockey jerseys, like Bill Bruford wearing a Bruins jersey with the B, or Tony Banks wearing a Vancouver Canucks jersey. I think Terry Kath is the first time I saw a rock and roll yeah. guy wear. Did he wear a Blackhawks jersey? jersey? I'm trying to remember Eddie Vedder wearing it at a certain point, but he's he's big into basketball, like. You know, but it was hard to get jerseys then. Like we've yeah, talked about yeah. it on the show. Right. That's that's not it was not easy. There was one place up in Canada where you could get jerseys then, and it was up near near you, Mike, near Niagara. Um, I remember this. I forget what it was called. But it, it, it was, it's it funny because it's easier now, but it's harder now because again, not with fin with fanatics owning everything, right? Things have been right, and now it's so Cosby's yeah. moved. You can't get as much. I mean, I mean, right. I have look, I have a ton of stuff. I mean, I have I have an '84 Campbell Conference jersey. With Gretzky's yeah. name and number on the back. I mean, I mean, some of that stuff you can't find anymore. And yeah. stores are carrying, you know, you have a difference between the replica versus the authentic. Mm -hmm. And find the authentic is not that easy anymore. I used to have to order from Canada. Right. You would think it'd right. be easier now in the advent of the internet. It's really not. It was tough. I mean, I remember growing up in South yeah. Philadelphia and there was like one place that had jerseys in there. And yeah, it was like, it was like Al, I remember too. It was, called, it was called Al Rain Al Rainbow Sporting Goods. Yes. And they had the jersey and they had the do you remember? Okay. Oh my God. Yeah, the, it was yeah. on South Broad Street. Every Christmas I would get a hockey jersey. Yep. And, and around be, somewhere at Thanksgiving, my mom would drive me over to that place. Yep. We'd pick out one and I wasn't allowed to have it until Christmas. So I would sit back and I would mm -hmm. pick it out. I had a, it was my Dave Poolin jersey followed by my I think it was it was Poolin first, Kerr. And uh, then talk it. Well, and, I, and I'm kind of embarrassed. I never went with Hal yeah. because, because you know, I don't know why, but right. Well, my Hal as well. But the uh, so the jerseys like that. The place that I remember up in Canada. What's well, that? Here, here's an here's an old hockey Mike's birth certificate. Here's an old night. <laughs> Here's an old hockey news. And the place that now I know there was a place in Toronto that advertised in the hockey news, but this place, uh, Doug and Tom Reed yep. Sports Center right. at Fort Erie, that's where I got my Leaf jersey and my Sabres jerseys and all my other jerseys. And it was right over the border. But there was a there was a place that everybody and I think Modell wasn't Modell's no, in the hockey there news. Was, there was a yeah, no, there was a place in the hockey news, Mike. And my I'll get it at some point. My Colorado rock. Rockies jersey I have I bought there and I know in the bottom the bottom right you know where you'd see like CCM or whatever yeah. it has the name of the store that I got it from I, I gotta check oh, it out. Really? I, 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 Incorporated that was the I, I had gotten actually a Pat Falloon jersey I got made up <laughs> after he got drafted I have one of those well, again it was a Sharks jersey the cool jersey back yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. first jersey, jersey in the NHL. Korea jersey in purple the original jersey that the Ducks wore in purple with the, with the C on the chest. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hate. I hate. I remember how people lost their minds back then, and like when the when the sharks and the ducks first introduced their jerseys. And my, favorite, like, ah, ah, my favorite of all time, guys. My favorite um, pop reference of all time, and I did. Yeah, I mean, I didn't meet her, and she asked me out, which is a long story. But um, is this? This is my. This was my favorite hockey reference of all time. Oh Jesus! This is Shania Twain in a Montreal Canadiens jersey. Now, come on, this yeah. is ridiculous. That's that, just Shania Twain. Yeah. That. That's because it's Justin and I a twin. You wouldn't care yeah, about the be wearing a burlap sack and no, shirt. no, no. That that you Mike, even as a Canadian's hater. Come on now, <laughs> seriously. I, this just makes me want to see her naked. No, 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 no. 
Mike, you took it too far. That's not no, right. You trying to get banned? Seriously? No, no, no. But I think he's actually what Jan said. Which Wait, is Mike, great. go misogynistic. That's just brilliant, Mike. My, no, I just did take off like, the disgusting uh, ham jersey. She looks good. There is, there is one of her, Mike. I have this for you too. I'll show you what. There's another one. But the other, there's one of her. But the other, the other thing I did, and this is why I was why I started this whole thing with Jan, is that I would write down what you were talking about, Jan. There, which are moments in seasons or things like that that happened that were monumentally changed. That would monumentally change everything. That like, and and they were great. Like they, I I agree. There are certain goals, and sometimes it was even cooler to me when they were in like the middle of the season or something or something in like you know obviously a playoffs goal like that is 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 easily apparent but you there were times like i remember the flyers with one um well one of the ones we talked about before was that the 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 um the, what's the rush the, the russian guy who the flyers brought on defense who did nothing but score a big overtime goal we talked about that Anthony, the other day oh, danny mark danny marco yeah like that's one of those moments the there was a murray craven goal in washington in overtime um that was like what there was a certain that that propelled the flyers i think the 87 like it was one of the it was like the middle of the playoffs type thing where the, it looked like if, if things go the other way there nothing happens but that like you know like the keith primo five overtime goals another one there's certain things they're just like those goals were so monumental um and i i love that i'd love to write a book about like some of the biggest goals like that you know let, what let, let me let me just or keep even saves like hope he's saved against the vegas golden knights like that's another one that we you know the save he made in that in the stanley cup finals versus nathan, vegas nathan lafayette hitting the post yeah, yeah. Let, 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 let me let me give my my brief Danny Markoff story because a couple of weeks ago, uh, all the different teams out there put out like when you see this emblem, who do you think of? And the Pittsburgh Penguins put out their their emblem on Twitter, and I and I my response was Danny Markoff, and Danny Markoff responded to me on Twitter and said why, and then I showed him the gif. Of him in after Game Six against Pittsburgh in 1999, I believe it was when the Leafs had scored an overtime in a game uh, uh, to, to win the series. Gary Volk scored the overtime winner, and Danny Markov turns when he's on the Leafs, turns around and salutes Yarmer Yager, who at that time, every time he scored a goal, did a salute. So that that was then 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 he responded and thought it was hilarious. That's funny. You know, Eck, the one thing I was going to say about the Florida market is, yeah. you know, even if they had won the cup with Van Beesbrook, it still would have deteriorated back to what it is now because, look, the Miami Heat won with LeBron James, and they're back to pretty much being the Miami Heat again that nobody cares about. It's like that market is just – yeah, it's just like, a bad being like the Florida Marlins winning two World Series, right. blowing up the team. Sure, there, but again, the difference is Vincent Viola's got money. I mean, money is not the issue with Viola. No, you have to be able to get the fans to spend money, and they don't want to do it. They don't want to go up. They they would rather hang out at the beach and see a hockey game. That's really the bottom line. At the line. end of the day, that's the, the location rink, the rink of the is arena is. Swamp, basically, that's the other thing. The rink yeah. is basically next to. I feel like when we're when, when we went out there in 2015. We were headed. I, I, we we're going to need a hydroplane out through the Everglades in order to get to the. Rink. It's a beautiful rink when you're in it. It is, but, but getting there is a pain. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. There is, park yeah. they built. They built it in a very weird section yeah. for for baseball because they wanted to take advantage of Little Cuba, but it's not in the best place to have a park. Well, and the other park was in even a worse location. It was part of Joe Robbie. So right. you're not you're not capitalizing on the area at all. Luckily, I had a chauffeur who was a former president of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. So he 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 got me to the right place at the right time. He knows where to go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this this Mike, this is for you. I wanted to. I, I felt bad. 
about what happened before. And uh, I'm going to. Yeah, sure you, sure you did. This one's for you. All right. Okay, that's better. There that's you go. Better. Showing now. The, the odd thing about this is Shania is from like British Columbia. I don't know why. She no, 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 she's no. From, no, she's from Timmins, Ontario. The home. Timmins, Ontario. No, oh, I'm thinking of Sarah McLaughlin. I'm sorry. I'm getting confused again. No, I'm serious. Yeah, don't use Sarah McLaughlin with, with Mike. He'll, he'll correct you. I know. Sarah, Sarah's from Halifax. Right, she's from Halifax, right. But, but, but then Sarah lives in Vancouver. Yes, yeah, exactly. All right. Which cool. street, Mike? I'm not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 I've gone to lunch with Sarah McLaughlin. I'm just going to drop that name. Right Boom. Those talk to agents. I know. I like to bring that up to Mike all the time. Um, all right. So there you have it. But, um, but I have a picture of me hugging her. So there you go. I know. I've seen that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. She's she like, get him off me. Get him off. my clinger. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Way to go from here. Um, all right. So um, I. Today I put up my six through ten UFAs. Let's talk about them for a second because um, yesterday we did my top five. Uh, today I did six through ten, and some of these are definitely uh, are, you know controversial perhaps because I've left out some people. But number six I went with Evgeny Dadanov, who um, you know we just talked about him a little bit, um, yep. but obviously uh, you know his numbers are way better than people. I think he is the, the like I said he's probably the best UFA to be that no one really thinks about. He's down from last year. Like he had seventy points last year. He wasn't getting seventy this year. Yeah, but he's still. It wasn't shabby though. No, no, no. It's, he, he was, 20 he was on the top line. He promised he was on the top line. Then he yeah. got moved off the top line. Right. And then he got moved back. Right. And his production was great. I mean, they probably never. They took him off to probably you know kickstart his game a little bit because he was struggling. And when he came back on, he was really good. And he's had a couple of good years. You said nobody talks about him because honestly, he gets lost in the mix of everybody he else. Really does. Game. I mean, and and you know, he's one of those I players that just he is the kind of only two, but that doesn't count. Right. He's the kind of free agent, though, you know, because we've done we've been doing free agent things forever. Right. And there are some free, like it's always the top guys like, you know, the Brad Richards or whatever that we end up talking about forever that make like very little impact, you know, or, or have like you know, some. But then this is the kind of guy that tends to make an impact. This is the kind of guy that yeah, Dabnoff would make an impact. There's he's no the kind point. of guy that could go somewhere. So you could sign him for probably like what you think, six or seven, maybe per year. He's six. only making four. So I think you could get him for six. I would take him over Hoffman because the problem with yeah. Hoffman is. He doesn't fit on every team. That's what teams have found out with him yeah. too. And a lot faster, a lot better. going to expect a lot of term. Yeah, um, six, team, probably six years. There's a team that fits perfectly with him um, from from talking around, and I think it really does have interest in him too, which is Columbus. Columbus, um, you know, they really they uh, they are they are the kind of the king of getting this kind of player too. That's kind of that's the kind of player they go for. Uh, somebody who sort of falls through the cracks a little bit, and I think that this is a. A great fit for him. I mean, also Anaheim, Montreal, Arizona. There's other teams too that I've heard about. Um, Montreal, you can see. Uh, Montreal, as we remember, is you know, you know, is going to. Yeah, bring, I can see Montreal with that. Montreal is going to bring back Kovalchuk, right? So, right. Um, maybe you know, and I don't know if they should, but they are going to. Heck, um, let me ask you a dumb question, and I say it dumb because it, it I will give you a really ridiculously dumb answer. Go ahead. Right. Okay, that's good. Um, with these two guys, we're pretty sure Florida is going to lose them. Yeah, I don't think Quenville, no matter how much money he makes, and all due respect to John, is going to want to rebuild. Yeah. Why do I think that Florida is going to go call into to Chicago and get Keith or somebody like that and yeah. start bringing in those kinds of players? Because that's who he knows. Keith is they they Quenville has pushed them before to get Keith. Um, they're going. I I totally agree with you. I think, and I, I I agree with you on Quenville too because you know guys who make that much money don't have small egos. Right. He doesn't, you know, and, you know, I agree. No offense to guys like Owen Tippett, guys who are really close. 
I don't think yeah. he wants a roster of guys that are really close. Yeah, yeah no, but, I think but, but, but Russ, I think one of the things that will happen here, and as we know, as we've observed during the season, you know, Michael Matheson and Mark Pizik were playing the wing because, because Quenville, I could see, you know, because Keith's contract, I think he has two or three more years. Maybe Matheson, who's making less than Keith, although he's making he's got more years. Maybe he would be part of a larger deal going to Chicago because clearly he doesn't have the confidence of Quenville. He's one of those guys that Quenville just right. doesn't see a, a fit for him. Yeah, but the yeah. problem is also was wasn't Florida substantively rumored before the deadline to be cutting about ten plus more million of salary next year? Well, I these two free agents take, take on more of that. that. Right. Yeah, not getting rid of these guys. These two that. free agents take care of that. It's not right. right. But then, as you said, you know, Borkstrom and Tippett are guys you're thinking of that'll step in. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's a tough one. Seven, I have Braden Holpe, who I love for many reasons, but I especially hate him for the way he spells Braden because I want to throw, you know, I have an issue with Braden's and whether it's an EN or an ON at the end, but there's always a Y there. So for him to have just no Y there and be Braden Holpe, as, as I think of him. Is ridiculous. You can't anyway, hate on him. You, you, you can't hate on him. You have to hate on his parents. I, I hate on his. <laughs> I actually hope he is the is one of my favorite goalies in the NHL. To be honest, and um, is just it, it's hard to count him out. You know, like like John says, it's hard to think he's not coming back to Washington because it is hard to count him out. He is just so freaking competitive. He's gonna so, want four or five years, and there's no way they should ever give it to him. No way. Right. I mean, Washington is gonna want him to take a three year deal. Yep. At around four to five million, at the maximum three years. Yeah, right. And then expose them in the expansion draft after one year because that'll give them another year. Yeah. Samsonoff or Samsonoff, uh, you know, with giving him a little bit of experience, he'll probably want a no move clause to guarantee that doesn't yeah, happen. Exactly. So, exactly. That's what's going to happen. So that that's why it's going to happen. And I will give you one difference. Yeah. You could bring up Grubauer, and that's fine. Samsonov can traipse right back to the KHL and be one of their top paid players yeah, any given year he wants to. Grubauer didn't have that cachet. But if, but if he knows he's got that door to, to Washington, he's not going to do that. No, right. no. But if, but if they sign Hopi to a five-year deal, then – Well, they do. Then, then they run that. And he's going to do that. He's going to do that. And and I think and I think I think Hopi more than money even, um, from what I've been told, wants to go to a place where he's going to – be who's going to know that he's the number one guy that he's going to go there and i'm going to be the number one guy there and there aren't that many cities around that can tell him yeah you're definitely the number one guy you know um that place could that place could be san jose because i I get the feeling martin jones is not long for the sharks they're for sure i mean if they they could replace him they would right i mean a team a team like ottawa or a team like buffalo who have goaltending issues might not be scared off by the term on Jones's deal because if if he returns to any kind of form that he had before a couple of year a couple of years ago, um, the term is not going to scare scare them. But they don't have really anybody in the pipe. I mean, Aaron Dell is not a number one goaltender. Now, you know what I think they're going to do, Mike? I think they're going to offer like Corey Crawford like a two year deal. That's what Maybe. I think is going to happen. Maybe. Well, I've said like I think they already have worked. Out it becomes the new Brian Elliott like transitional contracts. Yeah. I think they've already figured out Leonard. That they've, I think they already have a sort of side deal with Robin Leonard that he's welcome to come back there. No, no, the Sharks I'm talking oh, about. We're talking about Sharks. Oh, yeah, Sharks. I think I think they would go for Crawford for like two years. And yeah, take I'll, give a, I'll give you a really interesting, hopey um, possibility here that when talking yesterday, because I was doing my research, calling around to people, and it's funny how I'm, I'm, I'm really loving it because, first of all, it's just great to talk hockey with people. They love oh, yeah. it. People, everybody, like GMs, scouts, assistant GMs, they all want to talk hockey finally. 
Um, so the people are talking way more easily than they've ever done before. Um, but the one name that came up with, with Braden Hopi was Edmonton. And I was, and it was kind of an interesting, and, you know, if that, there's a thing, look, look at how it goes, like Edmonton, you know, say Edmonton's well, looking pretty good. These playoffs. Yeah, how could they with the great Miko Koskinen? What? Come on. Don't make fun of me because of my opinion. Or is that what you call him Costco? Don't make fun of my opinion, guys. I, that's my, I think Koskinen's a good goalie. I'm going off of that. I'm going off of what Hitchcock told me. I trust Hitchcock with these kind of things. And Hitch told me that he's a very, very good goalie. Koskinen, he's completely underrated. Um, and I really trust Hitch when it comes to that kind of stuff. So that's part of my Yeah, I just got a text from Patrick Sharp. He said, double check that. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> Moving on from Braden Hopi. Um, number eight, Sammy Vatanen. Um, this is where I, and I he's think. He's been forgotten about. He has been forgotten about. His injury. Have, um, injury. He's right-handed. Injuries, injuries don't help. I think also, you know, going to Jersey in this case. Yeah. I heard from someone before the pause that I, obviously he was traded to Carolina and yeah. that, that was a rental, but I, and, and this would go hand in hand with where one of his former teams is in terms of defense. I'd heard the rumor he was going back to Anaheim. Well, I had something like that, Russ, uh, something like that, Russ, Mike, like <laughs> that, Mike. In terms of the fact that talking to my, I know I can't even get names right today. Sorry, I just haven't had any names, dates, years. We're all doing a wonderful job. I'm going to call it. I've got it. Rest, hear me out here. I've got a really sick dog, and it's been like I was. I understand all night with him, so I'm like absolutely, completely bonkers. Um, anyway, um, this is the thing about that, and I've heard Anaheim, but there's another team out there that knows him really well, and that's LA. Um. And they've they've seen and Vatnin had some really good strong games against the Kings over the years. I've heard LA is a good possibility for him. He doesn't mind going out there. I think he still has a place out there. I was even told. Um, it depends how much money. I, I don't think they're going to spend yeah. big money for him. He is a right-handed defenseman, which is a huge thing, you know. And that's mm -hmm. a, you know, and he's um he's much better defensively than number thirteen on my list. But we'll get to him tomorrow. Um, but uh, and that's a little spoiler, so you can probably imagine. I know who it is. Number nine for me is Tyler Toffoli. And this is like, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a bullet here. I'm going to say number nine with a bullet because Toffoli had you know, sort of a, kind of a disappeared into the relative obscurity, always a good defensive player. But man, when he went to Vancouver, <laughs> he just looked like a different player. Um, six, oh, it's called the salary drive. Yeah, but he, yeah. Was good on, he was good on the sevens line in LA too also for a little while. With he was, but, and, he, and he's always been good. But I mean, he looked really good in vancouver to the point where he did a lot i mean he, he put the kings became point. unmotivated act he's on a team that is motivated that's part of the difference yeah, yeah for sure and i think he's staying in vancouver honestly 10 points in 10 games. yeah yeah 10 points in 10 games including six goals in 10 games i mean yeah. that that for the canucks i mean that he just fit in perfectly like he when you find somebody that fits in so well like that you're going to try to keep him the canucks will try to keep him there's no yeah, I, don't know, so. I, I don't know if the canucks can really afford him because remember in in the very near future they're going to have to pay Pedersen. yeah that that depends on a lot of things right i mean and if you get if, the, if not the canucks you know carolina florida um like we talk, florida makes sense i think there's you know and um and the new york islanders that's another team i heard with him so I could see Toffoli ending up in any of those three places as well. I think the Islanders, I could see that because they're going to want to, but I, I still think they're going to want to bring in a bigger name to open that arena with because even though they have Barzell, they don't have a lot of names, and I think they're going to look for something, and I don't know if Toffoli is enough. Joe doesn't do it for you, huh? 
Man, like you still, well, the problem is also where you're putting him, right? You still have Lee, who's I think under who they signed long term. You still have Everly, who's signed long term. Yeah, you have Bailey, who's still under contract for several more. Well, you years. know what? Bailey hasn't fully been. He has played a little pivot too. I thought, right? Yeah, yeah. You have three pivots already. You already you have you you have Barzal, Nelson, and you have Pajot now as your third. Yeah. Where you're not right. putting him in the middle. That's the only thing with the Islanders again. I, I, I'm not as. Yeah. I, I think he's going to stay. I have a gut feeling he's staying out. I don't well. know if Bailey's going to be there when the new arena opens. Like that's not a guarantee. Yeah. Um, and number 10 for me is Jacob Markstrom, who we talked to a little bit about already, but he, um, so I don't think he's going anywhere. He's, I don't think he's going anywhere either. Um, it's an interesting spot with him and Demko though. Yeah. Very, and, yeah. I mean, it, there's a, I've heard it. All I, all I heard is there's a team out East that really likes him a lot. I haven't been able to pinpoint that or who that would be because most of the teams that need goalies, I mean, with the exception of Carolina, I guess. And you but, could say maybe New Jersey, but I think they're pretty high on Blackwood. I think it could be New Jersey. Here. I think Jan, if I was to guess the way the person was talking to me, I was I would have. Oh guessed no, that. I think they they like Blackwood. I don't they think do they're like making a change no. there. It's like the Carolina yeah. Hurricanes, right? But the problem with this yeah. one is yes, and this is the problem that Don Waddell made in free agent and then at the trade deadline. If you get stuck on one guy and don't get that guy, like Robin yeah. Leonard, you are yeah. still going to be in the same position you're in come next year because it's literally only a two-month period yeah and so either you're going next year with one of those two guys or Ned Yelkovic or get another goalie but you can't get stuck on Markstrom and if he holds you up and we've seen free agents hold up you know I could see Markstrom holding out to the last possible minute to get an offer from Vancouver where he loves playing and that could put Carolina in a bad spot if I were Carolina I would make him a one-time offer put a date on it and say this is it Yes, or, or or you avoid free agency because of the pitfalls that you've had over the last couple of years, and you trade for a goalie, and then you then you well, have, they could have done that last year at the deadline with correct with right. They didn't they want to go first yeah, they didn't it's want to go picture that just blew my mind. Uh, let's check this out. So this is Markstrom. Okay, I was gonna say, is it is it uh, okay? Now this picture. Okay, this is <laughs> look at this guy's goalie pads. Yeah, right? they're massive. I mean, he's six foot six. Remember, so he's allowed to have him a certain height. Yeah, the one didn't help much there on that save though. If no, it didn't help <laughs> much on that save at all. But when you're six foot six yeah. and you can and you can do a split, I mean, gosh, what the hell? I mean, how can you? <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's just there are goalies that would get lost on the one on the right, which looks even bigger because of this picture. Like, yeah, crazy. Yeah, and he, and he's quick. He's not he's not slow. So, oh no, he's not slow. To be quick in six foot six, that's something. And there's a highlight for Alex Galchenyuk there. You know that is a highlight for Galchenyuk. There's one Minnesota <laughs> highlight, right? So far, yes, I yeah. think so. I agree. Yeah, By the way, Ross, take a look. Bailey's got four more years left on his deal at about five mil per. Right, I'm telling you, I don't know if he's staying there four uh, more years. Well, Even if he's taking on the extra three years and Chris salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Lou can make that. Could be part of the Parisi deal. Could be. Yeah, yeah. He would be the name that would help open that arena. Absolutely. To yeah. complete rain recognition in the East Coast also. Yeah. How close? They, they were pretty – cold dead deadline. They were pretty darn close almost. Very close. Right? Like, Very close. I thought it was getting done. But yeah, the Parise, the Parise deal? Yeah, I mean, I talked about the Parise deal um, for yeah. the day before I got that and I put that out there. And, um, yeah, that was definitely happening. I think the contract is so complicated, they didn't have enough time to work it out. I think and that it is going to be charges associated with it that has to get figured out. I mean, that I thought was the big sticking point in case he does ever retire before the deal expires. Yeah, yeah. the cap recapture. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there was stuff there. And also, I think that Lou got a little tied into the Peugeot thing for a while. And I think that, yeah. you know, that also. Had, Lou knew he had to come away with something. He well, did know that. Peugeot was more of a dunk. 
for it him. Did, well, Pajot was Pajot was controllable because it wasn't yeah. he was going to be a UFA where he had to actually make a trade to pull that other one off. And it, did, it didn't sound like Minnesota was getting a lot back in that deal because remember the name that was pop, that popped up was Andrew Ladd. Now I'm assuming that it would be there would be something more. It would have been something else. Ladd yeah. or something more than Ladd. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, but you can see that that is a definite Lamorello type move because he's Grise is one of his linchpins. Like one of his guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and let's suspend belief and let's say Minnesota wins the first round. Does that change yeah. mindsets in terms of who they keep and who they well, get rid of? Yeah. No, winning. No. Yeah. You talk about moving, you talk about moving Parise, you mean? Yeah, yeah, because I think Bill Guerin's made his mind up. And I think yeah. regardless of how but, they're doing right now, Guerin has a plan, and I don't think it includes Parise. I mean, Jan, their, their, their core group is 34 years and older. Koi, right. Suda, yeah. Parise. Well, I'm not disagreeing with you, but you all, we all both know that winning has a tendency to change mindsets at True. times, even Garin's though it's not like that. I think if you know Garen a little bit, I know him a little bit. I'm going to take your word on him. So he's not like no, he's he's not like that, and he's also very. He wouldn't be making this trade if Parise wasn't okay with it. Right, that's the thing. Like that's he would, true. he would. So yeah. that you, so that people are like, oh, you know, Parise's got to be mad. He wasn't traded. Is he going to play for Minnesota now? You know, and I was, no, it's like Parise. Obviously, I would I would almost guarantee that Parise went to him and that actually started the trade. Not that he's like asking for a trade, but Parise's right. like, no, I really, do, I really want to play. I wouldn't be opposed. He goes where his dad played, right? I mean, that's right. kind of the uh, that. Yeah, he's playing of, for the Islanders, playing for Lou. I mean, there's certain things Parise definitely, you know, he's comfortable in that situation. My dad used to get. Actually, people used to point out my dad thinking he was J.P. Parisi if my dad didn't shave for like two days because he would get the same shadow. He's about the same height. Nice. It's really funny. Nice. That's excellent. Yeah. So I, I, I know like, for example, like I know that, you know, they're not going to trade. They wouldn't trade Ryan Suter because Ryan Suter. No, they're not trading Suter. Doesn't want to be traded. So and, a, he, and he had a fantastic year, year last he year. He did. He did. So I think that, you know. Garen is trying to build that culture, you know, a lot of the, that, which Garen learned from Lou too. Remember like Garen's also like he, he was around the devil. So that culture of like, you know, of, that players want to play there, you know, that to be honest though, I think Garen's going to run it more like Pittsburgh than like Lou. I really do. I think he, what he, took I, don't from, think he is. I think what he took from Pittsburgh is really what his business mentality is. I think Lou helped shape him as a player, but I think him as a, as an, as a, a G, not a yo. Oh, he is a GM. As a GM, I think he took that from Pittsburgh. To be honest, be interesting to see because so far everything that I've heard and the impression I've gotten is very much, very much doing it like New Jersey, which is very different than Pittsburgh, as you know. Yeah. Uh, well, Pittsburgh. if he did it like New Jersey, I don't <laughs> think he made the trades he did because I don't think Lou would have taken on Galchenyuk money, knowing that he, even though he's in his last year, knowing that it was a gamble, like he took. Garen took a few gambles that I think Lou wouldn't have taken right away. And I think those gambles were, are, are not, will, will, only time will tell if that is like standard operating procedure for him or if that was right. a situation where he's coming in the middle of the year, they got to do something. And, um, and I don't think he's like, I don't think he's going to be the got to do something type GM. Like, like Galchenyuk is the move that they made, they made these moves. Like they really need to break out of the funk type moves. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. But he's having a great effect. On um, on Donato and on uh, yeah. Fiala, there's no question. Yeah, yeah, and Green. Because he's the kind of guy if he goes in the locker room and talks to players, players like Garen and they they love, they, him. they love him, especially American players too. Like you know, yeah. Greenfield too. Like you know, these guys who are just like, you know, Greenway, Greenway, right? Greenway, Jordan Greenway, yeah, mm -hmm. Greenway, yeah. Uh, Greenfield, Greenway, yeah. So yeah, guys, no question that he has a depth. He has a much better 
like you know he he just demands respect right away you know and and he's also one of the guys like he does act he still acts like a hockey player he doesn't act like a gm like around the guys he acts like a player um you know which a lot of guys change the way they act a little bit he doesn't uh, from everything well, you know the other the other thing is act he he does like his massachusetts players yeah. or players from that area again if he moves out parise i wouldn't be shocked if he goes after Krug. yeah Krug would make a lot of sense yeah, but, but but Russ, if they do if they do that, more than likely he's moving out one of his defensemen because just yeah he'd probably move out Brodeen or someone Brodeen, like that. Well, Brodeen's only got a year left, but I mean we've heard the yeah. talk about Dumba and Dumbo probably would get a lot on the market if it being a right hand shot. Yeah. So one or the other, but I could see him bring Krug in. That's a Garen kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yep, for sure. All right, guys, we are out of time, but thank. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks, Anthony and Jan, for coming on today and, and jumping in. We really appreciate it. Um, and thanks to John Shannon for staying staying with us for 45 minutes. It's really cool of him. And, uh, you know, uh, thanks to his wife. Who thanks to him. John for listening to Hockey Prospect Radio. We appreciate it. Right. And uh, even though John well, is all the buzzwords. And thanks, for, thanks to John for correcting my bad Italian pronunciation. John knows everything about Canadian hockey, but nothing about American hockey. He showed us that today. So uh, <laughs> we'll find out more in the future. <laughs> Remember, folks, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.